another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. The Brave New World podcast. Yep. Episode two. Right. This time we're actually going to get into the songs. Yeah, but we did a lot last time. We did. Yeah. I meant to get into the work. we got to set the time. stage. Didn't get to it. I'll up. make up for it this time with a ton of clips. I have a ton of clips. Listen up, ladies. Nesbitt, I love this song so much. Yeah. Nesbitt doesn't cut the foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> Just put on the album. No, no, no. I no, want I to tell to you about the production. Everything about it that led up to the album. <laughs> I can just imagine your kids, like, they're asleep, and you're like, you're like, wait, no, kids, wake up, wake up. Anyway, Frozen was filmed here. And they're yeah. like, Daddy, put on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But today we're going to start Wicker, man. We're going to get into it. Yeah. Get going fast. Let's get a get beer. Some clips. Yes. Uh, what kind of beer do we got today? This is another because I bought that that new suite of Kitty Vitty. We did the one last week, the Stout. Right. Oh, the White Stout. Uh, the last White week. Stout. Yeah, right. that was delicious. So this is this is another one from that. This is like their their winter production. Okay. This is called Wild Rover. It's a wee heavy. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what wee heavy is. That a style of beer? I don't apparently? know. But on the cover. There is a dog with a monocle and a pipe. So it's very classy. That has to be good. And a bow tie. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I read the yeah, side of the can. Of it yeah. doesn't say anything about what a wee heavy is. I don't uh, know if it's something they made up. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, this is 8.4%. Okay. So clips or not, I'm going to be bobbing my head. <laughs> Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. I don't know why I opened it different. So a months. wee heavy. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Yeah. It's dark. It looks like a brown. Ooh, it does. It's not like dark like a stout, but it's it sounds like a hey, wait down. Maybe it's another one of those confusing beers. Maybe it's actually it's a reddish. Champagne. It looks almost like a red when you hold up to the light. Oh, anyway. it does. Yeah. It smells very. Oh, that is brilliant. That's nice. Nice. Really like sweet, but you don't taste the booze. Yeah. It's yeah. got like a, uh, had a bit of a liquor taste on it, which I like. Holy God. That's good. Man. 8.6%. Man. So instead of talking about the lead up to the album for an yeah. hour, let's get right into the track. Let's get into some tracks. So let's try to set a record for like episode with the quickest uh, we get to the meat of the uh, the songs and the clips. So no foreplay at all today. <laughs> None. Just straight onto the tracks. Track number one of yeah. Brave New World, The Wicker Man. Yeah. Nesbitt, buy me a drink first. <laughs> so we've got Adrian, Steve, and Bruce mm. writing. So it's a collaboration. And this is one of the first songs that uh, was written for the album. It's actually the first song that was written for the album. It's an idea Adrian had. On that note, though, on that note, it's one of the first written for the album. And it's their first single. Yeah. But, you know, it's written by... Adrian and Bruce both have writing credits. Yep. So this didn't come in from the last session. So it's really just probably the first one they polished and finished. Right. And they haven't yet. Right. But okay, I cool. also think it's the first one they finished and finalized, yeah. even though they had those four ideas from the first album. Mm. Um, it's weird that Bruce has a song named The Wicker Man, like a year or two before on the Accident of Birth sessions. Um, he had a song called The Wicker Man. And now he's coming up with another song called The Wicker Man. So I guess it's a cool concept that he likes. This is Bruce's song called The Wicker Man from 1997 Sessions. 
So mm. it's a Bruce Dickinson, Roy Z credit. So even though Adrian was involved with that album, Adrian didn't have anything to do with that Wicker Man. That's a Bruce and Roy Z Wicker Man. And that riff at the beginning is a very Roy Z sounding riff. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they're so different. I think right? he maybe just really liked this whole concept and this name Wicker Man. Yeah. And obviously this one didn't make it onto the album. Hmm. So maybe he kind of just like shelved this one. Was like, I got to reuse that. Yeah, for me. like the concept. Yeah, I think that that I can definitely stand by his decision there, <laughs> yeah. based on that little clip that I've heard. So the maiden version is the yes. version that we're concerned with. That was just yeah, that was a few years before this. Um, so yeah, Adrian comes up with this riff. Yeah, and that's the first thing during these rehearsals in Portugal that they're sitting around. Mm. They come up with the song. A lot of people think this is based on the movie The Wicker Man. Yeah. Um, it's not really based on the movie The Wicker Man at all. I've got a quote from Bruce, and he says, uh, Wicker Man is slightly strange. Although the title is Wicker Man, the song itself has nothing to do with that, other than there is this kind of mad maypole dancing pagan, hey, let's go and have a big, big orgy of feasting and drinking and making merry in the field type of vibe to the song, and a big anthem at the end. Wow. So it's kind of a, uh, yeah. you know, it's... It, he comes right out and says it's not really based on the movie. Yeah. I guess he just had this idea of Wicker Man, just went with it. You know, not really anything to do with the movie, The Wicker Man. Mm. Although the single, the album cover for the single is definitely based on the movie. But this is kind of like a title and a cover from something. Mm. You've seen Maiden, you know, they kind of dabble And they in do that. that every now and then. But the song itself is not really based on the Not really Man. tied to that. Yeah. Um, another thing, here's a funny thing. Steve Harris, mm. I have a quote from him. He says, we were going to call the album The Wicker Man, same as the single. Yeah. However, on second thought, you know what? We had a title earlier that we liked. So this is number two on my album openers after Ace is High when we did that episode. When they get together, Adrian has this riff, and they come up with the song first. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting out the gate. Here's the thing that I love about this about this track. If you're gonna play the the vinyl, or if you're gonna play your your digital or whatever, here's what I want you to do next time you listen to this. Or we'll do it. We're all gonna do it now as we okay. listen to this clip. Just think about the fact that you haven't heard the reunited band yet. You just got this disc. You open it up. You put it in, and this is the first thing that you hear. Yeah, that would like blow your mind. I never really thought about it that way. If you had, you know, you're expecting what's this new Maiden album going to yeah. sound like. And then you hear the first single and you put it in. Or if you haven't heard the single, I guess the advanced single you might have heard. Yeah. But if not, you put this album in, you hit play, and boom, that hits you in the face. Yeah. It's so awesome. It's awesome, right? It's really it's, awesome. It's blaring. Yeah. It's, it's, for that reason alone, it's probably my favorite opener. So it's based around that riff, that Adrian riff. Yeah. And it just sets the tone for the song. And I mean, I just love this riff. This is a live version of that riff from Rock and Rio. <laughs> So that's it's such a great. That's from Rock and Rio. Yeah, so that's isolated off it. Awesome. Yeah, that's Adrian's uh, guitar yeah. from Rock and Rio. It's just such a cool, chunky, 
rocking. Oh, man. It, you know, it's very Adrian. Yeah. You know, you hear like Two Minutes to Midnight and those kind yeah. of songs where it's just based around this like chunky rhythm guitar yeah. riff. And to it's set, so cool. To set the scene for that too, like they come back in, they're just like, I'm here. You know, like we're back. It's like Adrian too, which is so important. Yeah. Because he's back. Yeah. More so than Al Bruce is back after two albums. So he's back after four. And then what happens? All of a sudden, like Nico just comes yeah. hammering in, and it's just like we're back. Yeah. I just I and find like that said, opening. They're back with the three yeah. guitarists. That's true too. That's cool. And actually, if yeah. you just listen to the guitars in this song, mm. I've got a clip here. This is it's a little hard to hear. So if you really pay attention, you'll hear it. It starts off with Adrian just playing this riff. And then two other guitar comes in, and the riff just gets fuller and fuller sounding. So it's like, starts out with the main riff, the second guitar comes in with these chords, and then a third guitar comes in and just does this chug underneath. Mm. And if you just pull out the guitars, you can really hear how like this riff gets like fuller and heavier and chunkier, and it just sounds awesome. And this is the, the beauty of having the three guitarists in the band now. Was Man, such a cool riff. That's rich. And the way that they kind of build up the, you know what mm. I mean? They layer the guitars like that. It's cool. Yeah. Adrian comes up with the riff. He's got it in his back pocket when they start writing. And like they said in the first day, they basically had this arranged and written. Yeah. The first day they get together. Yeah. So can you, can you imagine getting together and like being like, oh, we got to write some songs for the album. And yeah. boom, in one day you come up with this song. That's got to be one of those moments where Steve's like, you know, because he's so methodical with everything. Where he's like getting everyone back together. And he's like, and then, you know, Adrian's like, all right, how's this going to go? And he comes back. Adrian comes in and he goes, hey, hey, guys, listen to this. And, you know, you're just like, they're looking at each other like, this is perfect. Yeah. Like, oh, so thanks awesome. for just bringing that in. Like, yeah. And then Bruce amazing. is just like, oh, I got yeah. these lyrics lying around. And yeah. like, I have this like theme of the Wicker Man from my solo album that I didn't use. Yeah. That's just an unreleased kind of, you yeah. know what I mean? We've got and, our first single. Done. Yeah. And he comes up. And the this is probably one of those things you were talking about last episode where there's a little bit of that rasp. Yeah. But it's not the overused rasp. No. Where like, I found in some of the 90s Maiden, he used the rasp so much that it was like, it took away from his singing. Yeah. But here it's just kind of a little bit of a, it just gives a tone to, I don't know, it gives a tone to the way he's singing, but it doesn't take away from like the melody of his singing. You know, he's not using a rasp at the sake of melody. Yeah. It's just kind of a texture to his voice. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of what was missing from some of those 90s maybe songs, I think. But if you listen to Bruce on this, he just sounds insane. And the fate is moving and the finger points to you. He knocks you to your feet, and so what are you gonna do? Your tongue was frozen, now you've got something to say. The piper at the gates of dawn is calling you his way. I love his vocals on this. On this, yeah, it's definitely, it's yeah, 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 and it leads in. Um, yeah, the pre-chorus comes yeah. in, and again, Bruce sounds awesome, and yeah. the harmonies, the harmonies on the song. Mm. I mean, again, this is the first song. Yeah. 
off the album, the mm. reunion album, and you're listening, and Bruce comes out with uh, these cool harmonies with like there's a bit of reverb on his voice, yeah, and I mean it just sounds awesome. You watch the world exploding every single night, dancing in the sun, the newborn in the light. Say goodbye to gravity and say goodbye to death. Hello to eternity and live for every breath. So how's he doing that? He's laying down a vocal. Yeah. And then he goes back and lays down a harmony, and then he lays another harmony. Okay. It's just tr- different tracks of vocals. Yeah, because I always wonder if yeah. there's not, like, Adrian in there. Every no, time I hear a harmony. singing along with himself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, fair I enough. I don't hear any Adrian in there. No, I don't hear it, but I, every time I hear a second voice and yeah, Adrian's on I the track, I always think it's got to yeah. be Adrian. I've never noticed that live, though. And they do that do that with uh, Wasted Years in the studio. Mm-hmm. We played that clip before of uh, yeah. Adrian and Bruce singing harmonies yeah. together. Yeah. Because Adrian has a really good voice, too. And... Uh, that's the wasted years is a good example of where in the on the studio track, mm. the two of them are singing harmonies together. Yeah, I feel that that's a bit wasted. Now on the studio side, I get it, but I, I, live, I feel like I don't know. Maybe Adrian's got so much going on, but I, yeah. I'd well, love. You see him to stepping have, up to the mic every he, now and then. And, he does, yeah. but I never hear it. Yeah, I guess if you concentrated, you could probably hear probably. it. Probably, but you're so focused <laughs> on Bruce's. I'm like four pints in, like yeah, bobbing my head. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're like, oh, did you hear that subtle vocal chord shift? <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. But that's only yeah. so now you're only up to the pre-course and the course is about to hit, yeah. and this course of your time will come. Yeah, it's so awesome. And something that I love about this course is you've got this drum beat going. Yeah, the songs run along, and then when the course comes, the drum beat kind of breaks down into this like halftime. Yeah, and it's a very cool change. And the sh- it goes from like a run mm. where you're like, it's not quite a gallop, but it's like this like I call it going from a run to a stomp. Yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of goes halftime. It's just, I'll just play a clip of it, but it's really cool the way it changes, like, the feeling of the song. It's cool the way, like, the, the, his voice is awesome, but yeah. just the way the drums kind of break down to that halftime thing. It does, And then yeah. it goes right back into that fast beat again after. Yeah, and how do you interpret the chorus? Like, you know, your time will come. Like, I always think of it, I always take it as, like, a dark way, but I love it. You know what I mean? Your time will come. Like, almost, like, embrace now. That's the way I always picture it because you've only got – and that's kind of the way okay. he sings it. It's yeah. funny because I have a quote from Bruce. Yeah. And he says, what I was trying to get – to in the lyrics with a feeling just this real positive vibe the same yeah. vibe I get when I stand on stage in front of all these people and they're yelling at you and chanting and singing with you this huge uplifting feeling of it's just great to be alive right yeah. at this moment in time when the audience goes and sees Maiden that's it your time has come yeah oh, okay so that's okay. Kind of this his, is uh, a very yeah. positive spin out but my, my, my perspective on it is like your time will come is always like is like you know your time's gonna come you're gonna be gone embrace now kind of like but like you know, yeah. that's the way, and yeah. I guess that's the same kind of concept. Yeah. You know, it's not, you're going to be a star, you know, your time's yeah. going to be up here. It's yeah. more, my perspective is like, you're, t- you know, it's, it's going to end. So just enjoy oh, yeah, the yeah. moment. And that I'm into sense. it every single time. Like this yeah. is one of the, the songs that resonates me with, the, with 
um, with me the most in the way that they sing it, and it just resonates with me. So every time I hear it, it's like, yeah, like just live for the moment, and I love it. That's a cool take yeah. on it because I've never yeah. really thought about it that way. No. I always think of your time will come as in like – I never thought about it as in your time yeah. will come as in like your you're time. Gone. You're you're Yeah. Your death will come and you better like live it up right now while you can. Yeah, well, you know. But that is a cool way to take it. Yeah, my dad always said to me, he said, look, when your time's up, your time's up. He used to like, I, I think I might have mentioned yeah, this on the podcast. Like we're, we're out in boat or something. He's like, takes his time. If there's stormy weather, we get back. Like he's safety focused. But he also says to me, he's like, if your time's up, your time's up. And I kind of like that philosophy. He's like, when you're gone, you're gone. There's nothing you can do about it, right? And, uh, you know, at, at some stage. Your time will come. Kinda, yeah. yeah, definitely. And I want to, uh, I want to, I want to. After we wrap up this track, I want to give you a quote. I'm going to throw okay. a quote at you. But I want to keep you going because I don't want to distract from this course because there's a lot more going on there. Yeah. it's, it's yeah. I just love the course and I love the harmonies. Yeah. The drumming. Yes. There's a little like two-note guitar riff. Yeah, there's a background like repeated riff. Yeah. Right? It's like th- it's like three. Repeated riff, I'm saying. Riff. Right. I know. <laughs> I, I always says my Newfoundland accent. We actually had an email. Oh, Someone years like, ago. Tell Josh it's riff, not rift. I can't and help Josh it. Josh was like, did I say rift? <laughs> Riffs is a store I grew up. Yeah. There's a riffs down the road for me. It's a guitar riff. I know. I get it. Um, This little three-note yeah. like guitar riff that's yeah. underneath the vocals. It's just – it's. It's so simple, but yeah. it adds so much to the song, to the chorus of the song. I need you to that first off that's awesome yeah well I need you to take that clip and then where it fades out and not fade it up but then at the end of it I'm going to be like your time's going to come Nesbitt your time's going to come you know to my nephew your time's going to and then we'll cop, and we'll play it at my funeral <laughs> it's just like everyone's the thing's going to you're going to die too you're going to die everybody's going to die <laughs> everyone's looking at each other like ooh dark <laughs> um Something I wanted to bring up about this course is there is another course that they were playing mm. around with in the studio, kind of a call and response uh, version of the course, um, but they decided not to go with it, and they went with the one on the album, the one that everyone's familiar with. The other one they released as a radio version. It was uh, it was played on the radio. I've heard some people that said online that said that they remember hearing this version on the radio. It's only available on a promo CD. But it's kind of a forgotten Maiden studio experiment. But it's kind of cool to hear. It's a very different take on the chorus of The Wicker Man.
So that's kind of cool to hear, but it's, you know, it's a, I think my theory is that's what they were kind of playing around with in the yeah. studio, but then they decided the stripped down version was better. I think they made the right choice. Yeah, there's like almost a weird reverb on the reply, which I love. Yeah. It's very cool to else. hear, especially yeah. when you're so used to hearing the original. And you yeah. hear this, it's like, wow, this is awesome. But the original, or the actual version they released yeah. is objectively 100 million times better. I think it's better. Yeah, This million. is very, like, a cool curiosity to hear. Yeah. But, like, I think it's too busy sounding. Yeah. It's too cluttered sounding, you know what I mean? It's overdone. Yeah. The album version is so much better. You can actually hear the chords underneath what he's singing. And it just... It, it lets the lyrics yeah. like breathe more. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. It, like it breathes more. Silence can add a lot too. Like you know, you don't need to be filling yeah. every moment. Of yeah, like I said, it lets the yeah. lyric that he's just singing kind of yeah. sink in, and it can. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, it just sounds better. Yeah, you don't need that that response, especially yeah, with so too, much going on there with the riff. Too busy and the, sounding. Yeah, and the drum timing, and the, you can hear the bass slap. Yeah. There's a lot going on there already. Yeah. And yeah. those extra vocals, mm. well, they're really cool to hear, yeah. and it's a cool version yeah. of the song. As, you know what I mean? Especially when you're so familiar with the song. But yeah. I don't know, the original, man, it it's it really drives home those lyrics. Sometimes, you know, you got to just get it out there. And then let the let the crowd fill in the the extras. Remember what was that one we used to drink to in, in university? It's like, uh, you know, get laid, get drunk. Remember oh, that? the money, money, <laughs> yeah, money, 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 right? Hey, money, money. Yes, well, I remember. That? It was yeah, like... yeah, money, money. Hey, yeah. money, money. Remember, like, get laid, get drunk. Yeah, right. And anyway. I I actually yeah. saw a article online about that, and they were going across the United States, and different regions of the United States had different. Yeah. Things they used to sing along, and no one knows where it started. And Billy Idol doesn't even know where it started. They yeah. interviewed him, and he's like, it "Just started happening at concerts." Yeah, it's one of those things that like started. No one knows where it came. Yeah, from. it's anyway. <laughs> um, the okay, here's one of the main things I wanted to bring up about the Wicker Man. Yeah, is we talked about the drumming a bit, and mm. how like the drumming is great, and it goes half time, and it's just like stomp during the chorus. The drumming that's actually underneath the chorus. If you strip everything away, it's super cool. And I don't think anyone pays attention to it. Um, so I'm just going to play this. You probably never realize what's going on here. Like Nico's bass drum, he's using a single kick pedal. Mm. And it's like a jackhammer. Like, just listen to this. Isn't that cool? Man. He's doing that with one foot. That's yeah. his his bass pedal. And everyone makes such a huge deal over Face in the Sand, um, where he uses the double yeah. pedal. This is just as fast as that. Yeah. Like, this is the Face in the Sand. And everyone's always talking about, like, Face in the Sand, the drums are crazy because Nico plays this thing on the double yeah. kick. And this is the only song that he used a double kick pedal on. Yeah. Um, like, this is not that far off from that what we just heard. 
Yeah, but the, the, there's a big difference. I mean, the big that's difference extended is, through the whole song. Yeah, and it's featured. Whereas yeah, that's this, true. the Wicker Man is, is the yeah. you know the 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 bass drum is more hidden. Yeah. Even though it's it's in there, it layers the sound. It's it's. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But when you shout, yeah, that's like a feature of the song. Yeah. The most prominent feature of the song is this pounding bass drum. That's right. It's so high in the mix. But it just goes to show, like Nico, like I don't think he could have played. I'm not saying he could play Face in the Sand mm-hmm. on a single pedal just because your leg, I think, would fall off. But if you did a whole song of that with one foot, with one yeah. pedal. But it just goes to show that he can play that fast. Like yeah. That, you know, that's a single. We didn't pay enough attention to that on the tour. I mean, he's 68. Yeah. He was 67. I mean, if you can keep it, wow. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, the drumming, Dave, his bass yeah. pedal work on The Wicker Man is yeah. I mean, insane. He's going to have Dave Grohl calves. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's crazy. But everyone makes such a big deal about facing yeah. the sand and how fast he could play this thing mm. on the double kick or whatever. But, like, right there on Brave New World, Actually, he's playing... It's... Maybe faster. It's impressive that that he's you know so smooth from, you know, that he can do that on a on a single uh, bass, you know, a, a sorry a single pedal bass drum, yeah. and then he can do with the double, and he's got so fluid. Yeah. Now you never know in studio tracks what they've done, yeah. but well, apparently I he mean, had to his do, timing is amazing. I read an interview with him when he yeah. about facing the sand and using the double pedal, and it's the yeah. only song he ever used it on. Yeah, did he find it tough? He found it very tough and like mm. I don't know. I don't think that's what I was gonna say because yeah. that's a real change, right? Yeah, you know, not only that. Many, yeah. many, many takes to get yeah. it. I think that's yeah. There's yeah. so much cool stuff on the song that's like buried in there that mm. like when you shine some light on it, like this track, everyone listens to it and you just remember the vocals and the riff and stuff. But like everything about the song is cool. The bass gets overshadowed on the song. Mm. I don't know if it's that they have three guitars now, and there's so much going on that the bass kind of gets lost in here but there's so much cool bass playing I'll just play you a clip of Steve Harris's bass I love those little fills where you like I don't know. It's so cool. Mm. And I never really noticed those in the song. They get lost in there because there's so much going on. But this track is just like layer after layer of like cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, we haven't even gotten to the solo yet. This is like, we're only through the intro, you know, the verses and the choruses. Yeah. So it's an Adrian track. So it's an Adrian solo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Me and you both picked this, I think, as one of our favorite Iron Maiden solos when we did that episode, like two years ago or really? however long ago that was. It, it would be completely different for me now, probably. <laughs> Except this solo would still be on. That's true. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is one of the best examples. If anyone's listened to like the last two and a half years of us mm-hmm. talking about Maiden, I always say that what makes a good solo for me is that mm-hmm. it fits the song perfectly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's great to have a great technical solo, but if it comes out of left field and doesn't fit, this song fits perfectly into the song. Uh, it keeps the theme with the melody of the song, but they, you know, Adrian adds a bunch of like cool hammer-ons, and then yeah. the second half of the solo has a really cool like improvised feel. One of my favorite Maiden solos all time, hands yeah. down. I think for both of us. Yeah.
Yeah, my uh, my take on that, that's amazing. So my, my take on it, though, in, in the body of work for Maiden, um, this is technically probably his best solo. The only thing that what I would put an asterisk on it is that for the best Adrian solo, there has to be a Dave component before or after. Like, just because for oh, iconicness. Oh, counterpoint? Yeah, yeah. For iconicness, you yeah. know, like, you can't be like, oh, the best one's because... Uh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Favorite oh, Adrian solos. I don't think it's, it's one of his best. Yeah. No, maybe oh, it is. It's, just, it's one it, of his best, but, it like... It fits the song so well. He defines yeah, the, the riff It's the got song. a really cool energy to it, too. Yeah, and you know it's so I mean? fast. Like, you hit it, like, what? Two, two and a half, three minutes into the album. Yeah. Like you hit it right away. But the song is going along and the solo comes in. Yeah. And the solo almost kind of picks the song up and like yeah. picks it up and carries it forward. Yeah. And gives it this jolt of energy. Mm. You know, I think, the, I don't know if this is what Kevin Shirley's always talking about where he's like, wants to capture that energy from in the studio. Mm. And I don't know, he captured it on this one. Makes like this solo is just insane. It's awesome. And Adrian always nails the solo too. This is a clip from him at Rock and Rio doing his solo from The Wicker Man. And I mean, live, this solo still kicks ass. Even more so, maybe. One thing that's cool about that live version from Rock and Rio is you realize Adrian with the solos, they're so composed and like these iconic solos that are like such a part of the song. Mm. And when he plays them live, he just nails them just like on the album. Yeah. Like a lot of the times Yannick and Dave have like a kind of improvised solo. Yeah. Remember I had a quote one from Dave Murray and he said he knows where he's going to start and where he's going to end up, but he's not sure how he's going to get in between. Yeah. He just kind of improvises these solos and goes with like the flow and which is cool counterpoint to Adrian. But, like, that solo sounds just like the one on the album, only, you know, it has a bit of a, a bit more of a different feel to it. It does. And I always think when they're doing the set list for a tour, they must always, like, obviously, you know, they can pick most of the solos out from the key tracks. I can imagine if you were like, you remember the solo you did on this track that wasn't on the tour that you recorded on this date? It'd be a bit tricky. And they could go off and they could practice some parts of it. And we say a solo. It's not like everyone's down and there's just one person up in the middle of the screen like some you know old-fashioned yeah. drum solo. The whole rhythm section is going. So I, I, every time I see it, I'm always so blown away 
by how tight they are in the solo to the rhythm section. You know what I mean? Like they're never out of yeah. timing. Like every now and then Dave will sweep around a bit, but he'll even make it better. Yeah. And then, but you'll find like, especially Adrian, he's so technically like right in line and you're just like, that just shows you're so gelled as a group. Do yeah, you know the I mean? chemistry and the yeah. uh, the vibe of the band playing together. Yeah. So, the band is so tight. Is it's so tight, saying. yeah. The band is so tight. Mm. That yeah, Dave goes off and he like improvises. Yeah, but he's not like going off doing anything. It's still no. he's still locked in with the band. Yeah, it's just the melody that he's playing is could be you know yeah. he kind of improvising goes with like how he feels at the moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if you look at like and you know I'm not an expert on this stuff yeah. at all, but just my perspective on it. if you look at some of the iconic solos, you know Santana, all this stuff back in the day, yeah. they'd be off on their own like doing this crazy yeah. stuff, and everyone would be like, oh my god, what are they doing? But like. You know, to be able to loop it in, like Dave will sometimes pull out and just do this insane stuff and time it right back in perfectly. Yeah. And you're just like, that's so in sync that they're just riding this train. Like, I think probably, I guess what I'm getting at is A, they're so tight, but B, they, they time their solo so well with the rhythm section. Like, yeah. they just get it perfect. Yeah. Well, they're a super and, tight band. Yeah. yeah, and super tight. But and like, it just comes off perfectly live. Like, Adrian yeah. has these melodies and he nails these melodies mm. live. Dave's solos have a feeling, yeah. and he like nails the feeling of the solo every time live. But he might play it differently every time. But he just yeah. nailed he like. You think of those classic songs, yeah, and they have classic solos, and he does stick to his solos sometimes. But like, yeah. he uh, he always nails the feeling. He is never like, yeah. oh man, that, that was a weird solo for the song. He yeah. might have played something moderately different from the album, yeah, but he still nails the exact feeling, and that's why him and Dave together, or him and Adrian together, are so good. And then you yeah. get Yannick in there. Yeah. Who kind of walks the line between the two of them? Yeah, who's got some great solos in this oh, yeah. album? We're going to get oh, to. Yeah. But on Adrian's solo specifically here yeah. on the Wicker Man, there's so many points where he's so technically like you know he's yeah. he's dialing it back in. It is very technical, and I he, I guarantee you he repeats the same patterns pretty well every yeah. single time. Like it's so technical. But then there's guitarists like yeah. slashes like that. Yeah, and like he writes these iconic melodic solos that like right now if I told you you could sing me the solo to the Wicker Man, yeah. you could also sol- sing me the solo to Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. And if Slash came out and improvised something for Sweet Child of Mine solo, it's like, no, I want to hear the yeah. exact, like, nee, exactly. Nee, nee, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what I mean? You know every note of that solo. Yeah. So it's just, it's a different, like, take on playing guitar solos, I guess. It is. It is. You want yeah. them to vary it up to, and there's nothing worse. But that's there's, what's good about Maiden is yeah. you get best of both worlds. You do. And a guy that does walks the line between the two worlds. You do. It's just awesome. And every now and then we see them switch up solos and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But which it is does happen. Yeah. But what you know as well as I do, you know you've hit that nostalgia band where all of a sudden the solo is like halved and they miss part of it. <laughs> yeah. And then they come in and finish it off and they're like, oh, yeah. And everyone's like, woo. And I'm like, that's not the solo. <laughs> yeah. That's not. And you didn't improve it. You know what I mean? The old, the old. We're nowhere near that with yeah. these guys. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Maiden are hitting. They're firing on all cylinders. They are. Still. Um, I can't wait for this new album. Oh, I'm man. Like giddy with anticipation. Bring it on. <laughs> I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. Possibly the best podcast in the world. Something about the song that I also want to get into was the keyboards is a lot of people don't realize that there's so much keyboards on the song. Yeah. There's keys there to fill out the sound underneath the solo. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of buried in there mm. to give like texture. 
if you crank them up in the mix, like it's kind of shocking what's going on on keyboards in this song. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I thought that was a layering effect. I didn't realize that was keyboards. Yeah, there's a keyboard yeah. like orchestration underneath there. Yeah, when we were going through earlier in the album uh, or earlier in the clips, we were talking about the intro uh, riff, and then I was, you know, you you could hear the layering, and then when did Yannick come in or not? Like I was, I've been trying to pick all these layers out of this as yep. I've reanalyzed this now with the with the richer perspective of six player six 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 players. Yeah, legit. Um, I totally missed that. So who's do, who's playing that? Um, I'm not sure who that is actually playing it. If yeah. it's Steve Harris, or we always talk about Michael Kenny. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Jeff Bova on this al- on this album, yeah. and they credit him in the album credits as doing orchestration, which I don't think he's playing on here. I'm not sure if he's playing or if, he, if orchestration means mm-hmm. that he kind of wrote the keyboard parts. It says orchestration on Blood Brothers and the Nomad by Jeff Bova. So it doesn't mention this song. And then underneath it says, with special thanks to Michael Kenny. Okay. So I really don't know who's playing this on the album. I would say it might be Steve Harris. Wow. This guy, Jeff Bova, they don't specifically credit him with this song, so I don't yeah. think it's him. You know, I wonder I wonder if there wasn't like, uh, you know, a, a reunion moment where they were all like, all right, we're back together. Yannick, you're still very much a part of the band. And then next to it was, was Michael Kenny with the keyboard guitar. And he was like, can I, you know, just standing there hoping like, and they were like, oh, just a little to the yeah. left, just a little to Keep the left. A little further. A little further to the left. Or, all right, perfect. All right, special thanks to Michael. Yeah. Uh, super love you guy. And he's like, oh, and he plays the sad, sad sound. On the- I always wonder how, uh, how, <laughs> yeah. I always wonder how Michael <laughs> Keyboard Kenny. <guitar. laughs> I always wonder how Michael Kenny feels about like he yeah. is kind of like the seventh member of Maiden because he plays mm-hmm. all the keyboards and there's a lot of mate keyboards on Live Maiden. Yeah, and he's behind the scenes, behind the curtain, playing keyboards, and you can hear him if you listen to uh, the live chapter, yeah. the Book of Souls live chapter. Like some of those songs are so much keyboards live. Yeah, and it's him playing them live behind the curtain, behind the scenes. And I always say like, why didn't you just bring him out and like? I know. Because on, on the Made in England tour when I saw him, when they did Seven Sun, he came out with the the Phantom mask on or the whatever mask it was that he had on. Yeah. And, you know, he came out with his cloak on and played the whole keyboard solo. Yeah. And I had him on stage for that. But I'm like, just stick him there on the side. Like, no one cares that, like, they're, you know. Yeah, but he's you, been there. He's, it's like he, Pearl Jam got this guy, Boomer Gaspar. Yeah. And 
they didn't put him behind a the curtain. They just no. stuck him on the side of the stage with his uh, keyboards. And he's Why like, not? there you go. They're the guys that's playing. That the keyboards you hear, you can see where they're coming from. But can you imagine, though, like Michael Kenny back home and, you know, he's hanging out with his buddies and he's like, you know, he's got that one buddy he's always tormenting him. And he's like, look, you know, I'm going around with me. And he's like, and the guy's like, you're not in Iron Maiden. And he's like, I'm basically in the band. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not, mate. Like, you can just imagine, right, how much you could you could wind him up over time. Well, he's Steve Harris's bass tech. Yeah. And I just assume that he, like, I'm sure he's perfectly happy doing what he's doing. But me as a fan, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to see what he's, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm hearing the keyboards, I wouldn't mind seeing him there on the side of the stage. And, like, he should get some credit. He like, should. I mention Michael Kenny to people all the time, and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. like, he plays keyboards live with Iron Maiden yeah. on a lot of the songs. Yeah. And he plays stuff on some of the albums, too. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> a shout out to Michael Kenny but I don't think shout this is Michael out. Kenny it could be but uh, I have a feeling this might be Steve Harris because he tends to do these like when it's a simple thing like this mm. Steve Harris tends to do it on albums yeah because it, I don't know a ton of big keyboard I just know that how you set it it's more about that than timing and you know it's it's kind of like a a way to feel like you're playing an instrument but really you're not adding like digital over it I mean it does require timing skill yeah but like you can set it. Remember, remember Ross on Friends playing it sound oh, yeah, with his keyboard with the helicopter yeah, sound. Explosion at the end or <laughs> yeah, and he was doing all that, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is horrible!" And, and Phoebe's like, "Ross is so good." <laughs> <laughs> so that's the keyboards in the song that I think mm. get glossed over, and a lot of people don't even know about them. No. Um. After that, back into the chorus and the outro. The outro is cool too. It's like Bruce harmonizing with himself. I think this is totally written with audience sing-along in mind. remember enjoying that moment yeah. <laughs> during the tour i know every yeah, time everybody's like just live, going everyone just yeah. goes for it yeah there's a cool effect adrian does too where he doubles the vocals on the guitar um i have another clip where it points this out this is uh pretty cool Yeah, Peter Frampton over here. <laughs> I love it. I love Adrian's guitar tone. It's so fuzzy there. It's yeah. just so cool sounding. The way he slides out of that like little riff. It's cool. Yeah. Last clip I want to play of this outro. Yeah. There's a really weird keyboard part under this too that, you know, it adds, you probably barely notice it, but it adds a little harmony. But uh, check this out. This is from the album version of the song, but this is the keyboards that are under the outro. Holy shit. Cool. You just notice how much 
how many layers and how much, you know, how many cool, what makes up this track? How do I not Everything hear sounds that? so full and thick. Yeah. And it all just comes together. Well, that's the thing is that you can't really pick the stuff up because it's all layered and mixed together. And I don't care what anyone you says. You could like, legit be messing with me right now. Like, I, I have no, there's no way I can validate that right now. Like, I don't care what anyone says about the Kevin Shirley production. Yeah. The fact that all this stuff comes together. Perfectly. In this mix mm. where you can't really, it just, it builds to this awesome song, this like perfect Maiden song, I think. Yeah. Probably the best imaginable comeback single for a new, improved six-man Iron Maiden on their yeah. reunion album. They bang it out of the park with this. One of their best songs. Yeah, it's, it, it is one of my favorite Maiden songs yep. of all time. But it's also a sing- single. It's a poppy start. Yep. It, it gets them back together. It's got amazing solo, amazing riff. Like the drumming in the beginning is amazing. You get to see Bruce's vocals again. It's quick. It's catchy, all this stuff. Still not my favorite track on the album. Uh, I don't think it's my favorite track on the album either. You know, mention it. it's it's a ten out of ten, but there's a few elevens for me. I mean, I just yeah. find the themes. Uh, I don't know. It's the, up there. It's up there. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn it off now. The themes that come out in some of the later songs, especially the longer songs, the more epic songs. Yeah. I just die for. Yeah. So this album's so great. So yeah. great. It's so amazing. this is the opening opening track. Yeah. If you don't own Brave is, New World, yeah. you have to go get it right now. Get the yeah. digipack. Yep. Get the vinyl. Yeah. You know, you got it digitally. It's just so good. There are people who, you know, we are, we're always banging on about Book of Souls, you know, and, and uh, Matter of Life and Death and Dance of Death. We're, we're always going on about all the new albums. Yeah. And, oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm I, like, it's the recency bias, but I'm starting to think this might be the best of the new era. Like, you know, just from listening to yeah, it so much. Yeah, I know exactly what it's you're saying. It's up there. I listen to the There's songs. no yeah. weak spots. Yeah. We're one track in. We're already and like, all right, this okay. is number one. So this track is great. They recorded yeah. it mostly live in the studio. Mm. So this is basically a take. Okay, I know yes. that they're kind of take snipping stuff and putting stuff together. Yeah. But this is a band playing together in the studio with stuff. I'm sure they overlaid the solo and stuff. But like, I don't know, it just sounds great. Bruce tells a story of... Uh, he came back to the studio when all the tracks for this were laid down. Yeah. And he came back to do vocal, the vocals for The Wicker Man. And yeah. uh, Kevin Shirley says, well, here's The Wicker Man. You sang it six times. We did the lead vocal compilation. It sounds brilliant. And Bruce is like, what? So he sang the song six times, and they managed to, out of those six takes, yeah. they came up with the vocal for the song. Wow. Which is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. There's a reference in here that people talk about, too. One of the lyrics is the... A reference to the Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Yeah. Which is a Pink Floyd album. Yes. I don't think they're talking about that. It's like your tongue no. is frozen. Now you've got something to say. The Piper at the Gates of Dawn is calling you his way. way. Yeah. Um, I looked. At, I actually looked into this. Yeah. I don't think this has anything to do with the Pink Floyd song. Yeah. The term originated in the book The Wind in the Willows. Yeah. Uh, chapter 7 of The Wind in the Willows is called Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And I, re- I didn't read the book, but I went online and read, like, the chapter 7. Yeah. There's, like, a mole and a rat in a boat, and they find they get called by this music. The boat's going down a river, and then they come to this, like, island in the river, and they find this, like, it's like a, I don't know, some kind of, like, hooved, horned god thing playing a pan flute. And they fall on their knees and start, like, worshiping them because of the music is so good. It had, like the music had a hold over them, mm. and then when the music stops, they stand up and they forget about the whole thing, and they can't even remember. What, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just this really weird like chapter of having like a kid's book. Yeah. I think that just that whole thing with like a pan god or whatever it just plays into this whole pagan 
Wicker Man theme. No, I I think I, I don't think yeah. he's like referring to the. Anyway, I don't think oh, Pink Floyd has anything I, to do with it. There's zero reference yeah. there. But you read online, people are like, Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd. I'm like, no. This has nothing to do with Pink Floyd. No. I think rather Pink Floyd's probably based on that book. But just think of it. The Piper of the Gated, Gates of Dawn yeah. is calling you his way. To yeah. me, it's a, a pagan-style metaphor for like the Pearly Gates, which is a more religious thing. And yeah. your time will come. Right? Yeah, it makes, you know, totally They're makes calling sense. you towards, like, look, yeah. they're calling you their way. Every minute you live, you're getting older and closer. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the way I looked at it. Yeah, you no, know, that totally I, makes I, sense. Yeah, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. It's an album I, I have at home and I love it on vinyl. I can't get into those uh, at that era of Pink Floyd. Ah, uh, it's not bad. Um, yeah. you, you know, it depends what you're into. I mean, the more I listen to Pink Floyd, the more I think, you know, it's just more of, I, I enjoy it. I realize I enjoy it more as an ambient thing, like just kind of a background thing. Yeah, okay. Right, you know, so yeah. when it's different than Maiden. Um, so, but, you know, I love, I, love, I love Pink Floyd. But I want to tell you my story. Okay. Uh, remember, remember Austin. Yes. My friend Austin. I yes, want to tell the story. Neighbor, yeah. yeah, Austin was my neighbor. He's passed away. Yeah. He lived next door to me. Yeah, I met him a good few times. You met him a few times. He was in his late seventies. Remember, we invited him over to a party, and he came over. Yes, and he was like a real uh, a gentleman. This guy, he had the Order of Canada. Yep. Real, real scholar. Uh, real. Uh, uh, man about town. He was a ladies' man, and uh, we—I remember we were going for uh, to a party. Our friend says Fox, who's yeah. uh, we've talked about on the podcast, diehard Maiden fan. We were having quite a party, and I told him I was going. He said, "Hey, do you mind if I drop by?" I said, oh, "I'd love for you to drop by because everybody knows about you." He gets all dressed up, he's got a nice shirt, and he comes over. Remember, he chatted up all the ladies he was having the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he was a, a very, very good friend. When I moved overseas. Uh, he his cancer came back. He was in his early eighties, and and he and he soon soon departed and left us, uh, sadly. But uh, he always told me the story. He was he was um, born in a little town of Fortune Harbor. It's, a, it's actually not the bigger Fortune Harbor. You can Google now. It's an old town of Fortune Harbor in Exploits Island. And he left when he was six or seven. Got transplanted, and they moved into Grand Falls, and he was raised there. But he went back. He he, he was a Davis, so their family's like Welsh. And uh, he was a Welsh, Irish, Newfoundlander. And uh, he went back to this place where he was from, and uh, which was now a, a disappeared community. And he walked around, and he was went to the cemetery to see if he could find a bunch of Davises. And he was walking along, and he saw a gravestone. And it was standing there, and it was like calling to him. And he went over, and he never recognized the name. But the saying said, on the gravestone said, Stop, friend, as you pass by. So as you are now, so once was I. So as I am, so you shall be. Prepare for death and eternity. Oh, really? Seriously, and I'll, I can I can recite that till the day I die. Because, and he said he saw that, and he just stood there, and he was like, "The guy's talking to me, and he's gone." And he was like, "You know, so for me, your time will come." There's a, an important realization. Like a lot of times in life, people get down. There's people listening to this. They had a bad week. They might have to pay their visa. They're worried about their job. Things aren't working us at home. When you're above ground. You can actually take care of things. You can fix it. You can turn it around. You can be positive. Your time will come. The Piper at the Gates of Dawn is calling us. Yeah. We're all going to go. It's a matter of time. And, you know, I hope they don't cure death because it's one of the things that keeps us all honest. Yeah. But, you know, you're here now and he's gone and we're still here. And I just think it's a really rich theme that runs through everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a cool. Uh, it's a cool quote, eh? A cool quote. And it's a yeah. cool, like, a stamp to put onto the song. Cause, I think so. Yeah, the yeah. song is very much like. Yeah. I don't know. I always think of it like uh, <laughs> I, I think about my my tombstone, and I was telling you the other day when we were out for a beer, and on mine I want to I just want to say Josh Taylor 
died with his boots on. <laughs> nice. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Uh, my uncle used to always say that he wanted. No, he's still alive. Yeah. I remember years ago he was joking around and he always wanted his graveyard, his gravestone, to say, uh, "I told you I was sick." <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was sick. That's such a good one. Oh my god! I told you I was sick. But actually, that's my new uh, saying for uh, for all of our uh, listeners out there. Um, when you when you say goodbye to an old friend, you can always say, die with your boots on. Yeah, that's a good uh, job. I like it. <laughs> right on. So Wicker Man, uh, that's pretty much a Wicker Man. It was the first single. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Released May 8th, 2000. So three weeks before Brave New World came out, they mm. dropped this as the single. Um, there's a, Okay, so the cover is Bruce Dickinson holding a torch with the band. And yep. you can see kind of the, the shadow of a Wicker Man. Isn't that just like the back of the album? It's the same photo shoot because yeah. they're all wearing the same outfits. Yeah. They just have like a different background put in and he doesn't have the the torch. Yeah. And those balls behind him, I think this might be from the set of the Wicker Man video. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Um, I never really thought about it, but that's what those balls behind him look like. Yeah. But there's a rejected Derek Riggs cover art that has a burning Wicker Man and the smoke is like an Eddie face. Nice. Um, but they didn't go with that. They went with this Iron Maiden, the Wicker Man band photo single cover. So it's a single cover with no Eddie. Technically, mm. there's kind of a silhouette of like an Eddie's torso, the Wicker Man Eddie in the background. Yeah. But I mean, it's a non-Eddie single. Yeah. My Iron first Maiden take cover. on that, and I, I don't own this single. Yeah. So my first take on it is that there's so much you could do with the Wicker Man smoke Eddie that it, it kills me, especially yeah. it ties into the whole smoke yeah. over theme. And there is a whole bunch album. of uh, yeah. alternate art. There's like the the picture disc has a cool Wicker yeah. Man on it. Uh, we're going to get into all that when we get into the cover art. Into the cover art. But um, you can also see after Reunion, the first disc they put out wanting to have the band on it. Yeah, you I guess so. Yeah, you're that, right. right? Six, you have the six members. Yeah, it's the first single, a statement, Bruce and you're is showing the yeah. six people in the band. You're showing exactly. Bruce, you're showing Adrian, Yeah. even though Adrian's kind of tucked in the corner. But you are, yeah, I never thought about that. You're yeah. showing, here's our here's our lead single mm. off our album that's coming out in three weeks, and here's the six member lineup of Maiden. It's a unity photo. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I get it. So uh, the standard edition of the single came with The Wicker Man. It had a live version of Future Real and a yeah. live version of Man on the Edge. Yeah, from the 1999 tour. Okay, so from so the Ed Hunter tour, two, two, two Blaze songs redone by Bruce. Two Blaze songs redone by Bruce. Yeah. Right, which cool. is weird that they plucked those two songs. Yeah. And we always talk about, is this them trying to, like, put a stamp on these songs, or is yeah. this them paying a tribute to, like, the Blaze era and being like, we still think that these Blaze songs are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, they haven't done Klansman, Lord of the Flies yet, so they're, yeah. they're kind of too... Future Real is one of my favorite tracks. I went through that. I love it. Right. And then uh, Man on the Edge is an excellent track. Yeah. And these two yeah. versions of Bruce doing these two Blaze songs are uh, they're pretty solid versions. Like this is a clip of Bruce doing Future Real. I gotta say that's great, but Blaze's version is better. Ooh, you think? Hot takes. Anyway, that's one of the. We're not B-sides. getting back into that. That's the B side. The yeah. other B side is Man on the Edge, which I played the 
future real yeah. clip. I'll play a clip of Man on the Edge. This is the B-side to The Worker Man. This is Bruce doing another Blaze song. Yeah, you know, I got to be honest, uh, and this is totally changes my perspective from the start of the podcast. But it doesn't sound right. Yeah, you know? it just those songs with Bruce. With, it just doesn't sound right. That fast kind of yeah. singing blaze, I think, does a better job. Yeah, the future real. You could see Bruce taking yeah. that song over. Although I like, I do like the blaze version better. Man so on the edge, the though, is the not game. man on the edge. Can't it's just it's just so far from a Bruce. Oh song. yeah, he even yeah. sung it like. Well, blaze man on the edge it. is written by Blaze yeah. too, right? Like there uh, you go. Um. There's also a limited edition, a couple of limited edition singles, and there's a picture disc uh, that have other B-sides. They're, they're, all the live B-sides are from the Ed Hunter tour. Yeah. Uh, so there's also, depending on what single you get, there's like Power Slave uh, from Barcelona, Spain, and Killers from the Netherlands, Rotterdam, Netherlands, mm-hmm. from this Ed Hunter tour. Um, there's also a cool version of this that they played when they were promoting the album. Um, they did a few radio previews of tracks. Mm-hmm. And they played this version. It's live in the studio. It's recorded in 2000 in a studio. It's like a, when they're doing a warm-up. It's like a rehearsal version. So they did warm-up sessions for the tour. And Eddie Trunk did a radio show, and I know he played it on that, uh, where they kind of they did an album premiere and like a preview show hmm. before the album came out. And that was also released on a promo CD. But it's cool. It's a live version. It's technically it's a live version of Maiden, but it's live in a studio, so you don't get any overdubs or any harmonies. Um, it's kind of a raw version of Maiden doing this song, but it's Wicker Man live in the studio, no audience noise. There is some reverb on Bruce's vocals, but uh, it's a really cool version of the song.
That's a pretty awesome version. Mm. It's like live, but no crowd noise, basically. Nice. Very cool. Uh, the only thing about this song that we haven't talked about is the video. Oh, yeah? Which is one of the best Maiden videos. Oh, yeah? One of the best non-Samantha Phillips <laughs> Not Maiden Samantha. videos. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only good one. Directed by Dean Carr. He did, like, yeah. the Tea Party, Fire on the Head. He did a Danzig video. Yeah. Um, he would go on to direct the Rock and Rio concert video. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't see the Ed Hunter tour, uh, if you weren't, like, didn't go to one of those shows, mm. this video would have been the first time seeing the three-guitar lineup. And it's one of the best Maiden videos, I think. Maiden's like rocking out on stage and it's intercut with a bunch of really cool stuff. There's like a guy in a suit driving a 1970 Dodge Challenger and he runs into Eddie and Eddie like hmm. puts his hands on the on the hood. And uh, the car in the video is actually Dean Kerr's actual car because if I went, I went to his Instagram, this hmm. is the guy that directed the video and he has pictures of his uh, car. It's like a super badass muscle yeah. car. Um, it's probably the best Eddie you've ever seen, this Eddie from the Wicker Man video. Yeah. He shoots a laser out of his finger and, like, hypnotizes the guy. Uh, the guy follows him through a field to this big red curtain, and the curtain falls, and it's a Maiden concert. And then all the audience turns into Eddie's. I don't know. They put him in a giant wicker man, and Eddie lights it up, and he drives away in the guy's car. Yeah. And then at the end, there's these weird, like, balloons they're swinging around. It's really strange. Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, a tribute to, like, The Prisoner. Remember that show, The Prisoner, that's where right, they used yeah. to have those balloons following people around? Yeah. Uh, it is a really weird video, but it's a pretty cool video. Yeah. And there was a we we touched on uh, Dean's involvement in the Rock and Rio, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, uh, we talked about him quite a bit when we yeah. did the Rock and Rio episode. That's right, that's right. And about yeah. how we we're questioning how much of his editing was 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 hacked later by yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's pretty much the Wicker Man. We just did a whole episode on the Wicker Man. But that you know what? Here's I wouldn't have it any other way. Here's something strange. Yeah. In the last two and a half years, only twice have we done <laughs> a full episode on one song. And the other song oh, was The wait. Angel and the Gambler. Angel and the Gambler. I was going to say, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that's because we were talking about The Angel and the Gambler. It's so controversial. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? And yeah. we did a lot of, like, that one's very interesting to talk about because it's not well liked. Mm. This one um, is the opposite. I want to talk about this one all day because it's so awesome. I could, mm. like, take this song apart and just, like, talk about every aspect of it and how awesome it is. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So Maiden's back. Made this and this back. is their opening single from the new reunion oh, album. So good, I love it so much. This is, yeah, it it it's funny for me to, uh, you know, whenever I whenever I put on this album, like I just, I just die right away with this song. I yep. just it's it's it's, it's a, awesome. It's perfect. Yeah, but Ghost of the Navigator. Once we get into that, yeah. I think I even like it more in some ways. Like there's just so it's much. Very I love different. That song. I know. Very different. But, but this like leads perfectly into it. It's like how do you compare? Yeah. Run to the Hills with Rhyme of the yeah. Ancient Mariner. They're both awesome for different reasons. They are. The Wicker Man, Ghost of the Navigator are both awesome for different reasons. They are. It's, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bruce just comes <laughs> alive, though. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, like it goes so good, yeah. right? And then It's a cool song. Yeah. Oh, it's also good. It's also good. Like the whole album is just, it's, I'm realizing now that we've done the body work. Yep. How underrated this is. Yeah, it is I think so. I epically think underrated. Should be up there with Power Slave, Peace of Mind. I think it's in the top five, top four. It's so good. Find me, look, challenge the listener. Find me a bad track. Uh, when we started the podcast, I used to think a matter of life and death was above this, but this is this is better. I don't know. A matter of life and death is, is still special to me. It's special to you, but yeah. if you take that out of it, this is a better album. I think it's true. 
I think. <laughs> I don't know. Matter of life and death. Man, we you know we did, did not do that justice. I listened to Book, and, Book of Souls yeah. a couple times in a row yeah. uh, over this past week. And I forgot the song. Is, that album is so great. Yeah. So great. Oh, a little gosh. bit of a lull there in the middle. So good. Do you and know to what? be honest, I can yeah. do without Empire of the Clouds. I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, Made in Japan. And, it, oh, and yeah, it's, awesome. it's amazing. Yeah. But, but my point where I was going to go with that. But with the new era, what people don't realize is they've created this whole – well, what people do realize, but what I want to emphasize, there's this whole new era of live discs that are amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The quality is yeah. off the charts. So, like, when you're talking to me about – Listen to know, the Talisman on, in Vivo, man. That's totally. Like, in Vivo is amazing. A highlight of Maiden's – Live like, chapter? Yeah, the vinyl? The gatefold? The whole thing? It's amazing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Rock and real? Unreal. Yeah, it's so good. It's so amazing. Now I we love almost should have waited but, to do yeah. Rock and Rio after we did this album, but we didn't. No, but it was right. it was necessary because we wanted this to be the last of our sixteen. That's true. Yeah. And we we didn't want we couldn't do Rock and Rio after. Right. We kind of started randomly doing the albums when we started the podcast. Yeah. But then when we started planning how we're going to end doing the albums mm. and wrapping up all the like all the studio albums, we kind yeah. of wanted to end on the virtual eleven and then into the reunion because this is kind yeah. of what kicked off. Yeah. The current, you know, we're on the legacy of the beast and it's this lineup and it's this era of Maiden yeah. that we're into. And this yeah. is what kicked it all off. So yeah. it's a classic album. The only regret is maybe classic. we could have done four on Somewhere in Time and <laughs> two more on A Matter of Life and Death. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I look at some of those songs on Somewhere in Time and I feel like we could have done like a whole episode on them. <laughs> oh my God, I know, I know. Especially Imagine Isolate and the, the, there was no keyboards then, but you know, whatever was going on. It's funny when uh, we're done Brave New World, yeah. we're going to do an episode where we go through all the albums and we rank them all between mm. the two of us. Yeah. And I was kind of looking back at my notes from all these episodes that we've done. Yeah. And I'm looking at like <laughs> when we did Somewhere in Time or, or A Matter of Life and Death. And I'm like, here's the, the title of the song. It's like two bullet points and like one yeah, clip. I know. And I'm like, how do I talk about the song in like two bullet points and a clip? I know. That's you know what, what I, mean? I have it's now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way I do it now. I'm just like, well, I'm going to come in and react to what Nesbitt plays on But on to be table. honest, when we started those, yeah. when we started doing those early episodes on albums, yeah. remember we were like, should we break it over two episodes? Do people yeah. want to talk about, hear someone talk about Iron Maiden for two hours yeah. about one now, album? In in defense of myself, I remember yeah. saying to you, just talk and just let's go. Yeah, because that's true. people yeah. are, I, I've always been a big believer of like, people are either going to listen to us or they're not. Yeah. And, you know, they either like what we do or we don't. Oh, yeah. But you do what you feel feels right. Oh, yeah. You totally. Know? And yeah. it seems like, you know, I I can't, like, so for me, and this episode specifically, to go into, you know, Ghost of Navigator now, which I'm so excited about after Wicker Man, I can't, I can't do two of them together. I mean, yeah. I don't know how we're not going to do this one in 10 track. In 10, <laughs> like we did one, 11, 11 well, this is now. We'll, we'll, we'll squeeze a bunch together. We'll see. But like this yeah. is the last album we're doing. Mm. We just talked for an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes with The Wicker Man. Yeah. Now, I don't have this much on – this track really strikes a chord with me, and I really want to dig into it. Yeah. I don't have this much on all the tracks. No. So I would say we'd do like a couple of tracks per episode coming yeah. up for cool. this album to finish it off. But uh, God, we're two in already, and we're only one track in. Yeah, but it's good. But uh, man, I could talk about this album. I just want to. Where this is the last studio album. Yeah. It, what it's going to take, what it takes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sixteen episodes. Sixteen. Now. Your time will come, Nesbitt. <laughs> Your time will come. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. This uh, beer was delicious. Really it was good. Amazing. 
the Wild Rover from Kitty Vitty. Yeah, and there is a dog with a monocle. A classy-looking dog. Look at this capitalist dog. Um, yeah, Facebook, whatever. Twitter. Leave us an Twitter. iTunes review if you want. Yeah. We kind of forget about iTunes for a Send year. Send us in your ideas for best headstone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be the headstone from the cover of Live After Death. That's true. <laughs> that was an excellent one. Yeah. Yeah, and no prayer. God, I so, can't believe yeah. we just did a whole episode on uh, Wicker Man, but that's it, man. We did. I kind of thought we would because I had a lot of – I looked at the amount of clips I had that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I just wanted to pick every instrument apart oh, on this amazing. song. It's amazing. There's so much going on. I, I didn't even know that – all the keyboards. I had no idea. about the Wicker Man. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. Next episode, yeah. we're going to get into Ghost of the Navigator. Yes. Right away. Do you think we should do cover art first? Oh, let's do another mm-hmm. episode of just tracks. We'll do tracks. And then we'll get into the cover. Because we'll right. I got... Uh, we got some... We got... Yeah. There's some, I want to talk about the tour. Yeah. I want to talk about the set list of the tour. I want yeah. to talk about... Uh, it's a cover art controversy. We touched on it earlier. There is a little bit of controversy over this cover art. Yeah. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Okay. Until next time, your time will come. <laughs> <laughs> so up the irons and down the hops. <laughs>